Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Tuesday, July 27 edition of the PFT Live, PFTPM combined video podcast hiatus. We'll be back after the Olympics, but until then, we continue in this format. And the big news of the day, Aaron Rodgers continues to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. This thing is stunning to me on a variety of levels because as of Friday night, we had multiple sports books removing all Packers-related action from the board because of rumors that Rodgers was going to retire this week. And one of the sports books, PointsBet, specifically said, we yanked the Packers over under win total midday Friday because of those rumors. Well, to the extent those rumors were coming from Rogers camp and to the extent those rumors were aimed at getting the attention of the Green Bay Packers, it worked because it was over the weekend, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, more on that in a second, that the Packers and Rogers got together and got on the same page and figured out whatever it is that they figured out to allow the two sides to go forward in 2021. Okay, so we know that much. We know Rodgers is back. We know they're working on some sort of a revised deal that hasn't been finalized yet. But here's the thing. Rodgers really didn't get much to show up this year. A guy who had all the power, a guy who had the leverage, a guy who was supposedly willing to sit out the whole year because it's not about the money. Oh, he's got to pay money back. It's not about the money. He'll pay money back. He's got plenty of money. He'll go host Jeopardy. He'll do this. He'll do that. He had shaken things up enough without hardly saying a word, a very carefully, strategically calculated media strategy, presumably orchestrated by his agent, David Dunn, who once presided over the retirement of Carson Palmer in 2011 with the Bengals before he was traded to the Raiders during the season. Rodgers was winning. Rodgers had the Packers on the ropes. And then Rodgers tapped out. What did he really get? That's what was amazing to me. When you see the tweets that were rattled off yesterday by Shefty, concessions made by the Packers, concessions made by the Packers, concessions made by the Packers. The Packers made one concession, at least one concession that's worth anything. They tore up the 2023 season of his contract. Big deal. Do we really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play in Green Bay under the terms of this current contract for three more seasons? No. It was this year and maybe next year at the very most. More on that in a second as well. So don't, don't tell us there's a bunch of concessions being made. But see, that's how the sausage gets made. And I know that some in the business don't like it when I'm this transparent with the audience. But why can't we all be transparent with the audience? Why can't we tell the truth about how things happen? You know what happened here? Shefty wasn't getting that scoop unless he promised to make it look like a win for Aaron Rodgers. Got to make it look like a win. Hey, souls get sold all the time in this business. Fine, I'll make it look like a win. You want me to make it look like a win? I'll make it look like a win. Who cares if it's not actually a win? And it's not really a win when you consider the power that Rodgers had. All the talk offseason 
throughout. The idea that the NFL is becoming like the NBA, all these old school football people yelling at clouds and shouting, get off my lawn over the idea that football players actually have control. At the end of the day, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, huffed and puffed, and they let their houses get blown in. Wilson just showed up. Wilson wanted out. Wilson had no way out. He tried. It didn't work. He showed up and acted like nothing was ever the problem. Rodgers, we'll see what he says when he talks to the media. I can't wait for Rodgers to act like this was no big deal. This was a media creation because that is bullcrap if it happens. And if it does happen, I'll say something stronger than bullcrap, possibly with a seven-letter word in front of it or a six-letter word if you add an apostrophe instead of the G. There was something there. Rodgers wanted out. At the end of the day, he knew he couldn't get out. At the end of the day, he knew he didn't want to play football. He didn't want to give up a year of his opportunity to cement his legacy. That's what it comes down to. How many spins you got left of that wheel? You going to give one up? No. You got a team that's been good enough the past two years to get to the brink of the Super Bowl. 26 and six under Matt LaFleur. Think about that. Guy comes out of nowhere to coach the Packers. He's 26 and six. NFC Championship two straight years. Should have won it last year. Had no chance the year before. Should have won it last year. Will they win it this year? And this idea that the Packers have agreed to revisit the situation after this. Look, verbal promises aren't worth the paper that they aren't printed on. Who's making the promise in Green Bay? This is Green Bay Packers Incorporated. You're relying on verbal promises from a corporation? Good luck with that, Aaron. Now, look, maybe they'll just decide after the season they're ready to move on. They're ready to go with Jordan Love. Jordan Love will at least be able to play in the preseason this year. Didn't have that last year. They have a better idea of what Jordan Love can do. And we can't assume Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get injured. I don't want to be accused of jinxing him, but the guy's broken a collarbone a couple of times and missed big chunks of two different seasons. One play away. And, and he's not as prepared as he would be in any other year. That's the other side of this. I was on the score in Chicago today and they're, you know, Bears fans there and they're making the argument that this is a loss for the Bears. Well, the one win is that Rodgers hadn't been around. Skipped the offseason program, skipped the mandatory minicamp, didn't get together with his receivers to work out during the offseason. So he's not as ready as a Tom Brady is when he walks through the door at the start of camp. Does that count for something? I don't know. We'll find out. I just can't get past the idea that we're being told that this is some sort of a victory, that he secured some sort of concession. The only concession that is binding on the Green Bay Packers Corporation is the removal of a contract year that was never going to be honored anyway. And as to the idea that they're converting a large chunk of his salary into a guaranteed payment, look, they had the right to do that anyway, automatically in March. They didn't do it because they didn't want to make that commitment not knowing whether or not Rodgers was committed to them. So they waited. And that caused them to not have as much cap space as they would have otherwise had. Now they'll have it. But for Rodgers, it makes no difference. He's getting that 14.6 million, whether it's guaranteed or not. You walk through the door at training camp, you're getting the 14.6 million. The only way they can avoid that is by cutting you before week one. And if they did that, he'd say, thank you very much. See, here's where this is going to be the most fascinating. Russell Wilson is able to compartmentalize his private feelings from his public persona. This is a guy who practiced press conferences from a young age. He's able to come 
to a setting like this, speaking to a microphone and sell the idea that he's happy, even if deep down in some corner of his soul, he's not because he knows that once it's time to go to work, happy doesn't matter. Once it's time to go to work, all that matters is pursuing championship. And he set it all aside. Everything's great. Everything's fine. And it will be fine until they fail to make the playoffs, if that happens, until they get bumped in the wild card round, if that happens, until they get bumped in the divisional round, if that happens. And look, this is a team that hasn't been to the NFC Championship since 2014. If the season doesn't go in a way that Russell Wilson wants it to go, then we're back to where we were in early 2021. With Rodgers, can he do that? Can he sell that? Wilson's always sold that kind of hokey go Hawks thing. Rogers is far more balanced and measured. He doesn't compartmentalize. He is who he is. And I appreciate the authenticity, but will he really be able to sell it when he's answering questions? What's he going to do? What's he going to say? Is he going to blame it on us? I hope he does. Cause I'm going to give it to him with both barrels. If he does, don't try to blame it on us. We're doing our jobs. And our job is to be on the lookout for these things. And it was there. It was real. He wanted out. And I think if he still was able to say, I can go anywhere I want to go, he would go somewhere else. This is a Band-Aid. And maybe it's a one-year Band-Aid. And the question is, what kind of Band-Aid is it? You know, some of those Band-Aids that just don't want to stick, they want to fall off, they get a little bit wet. Or is this a Band-Aid that's really going to hold? And if they would get to the Super Bowl, does it carry into 2022? Is he comfortable rattling the cage to get out of Green Bay if they have a special season that results in a Super Bowl win? Or does he come back and try to do it again? I think he'll be back next year if they get to the Super Bowl. Definitely if they win it. But anything less than that, he's going to try to get out. But he's going to be right back where he was. And here's the thing. By huffing and puffing and not blowing the Packers' house down, what do you think the Packers are going to do next year? They knew all along he was coming back. They knew all along he was not going to give up a year of football. They knew all along he wasn't going to put himself in a position where he was giving up $14.6 million in salary. He was going to surrender $6.8 million in roster bonus that he's earned, but he hasn't received yet. If he doesn't show up, they ain't giving him that money. And he wasn't going to put himself in a position where he had to pay back $11.5 million. At a minimum, at a minimum, if I'm negotiating this on Rodgers' behalf, on top of ripping up the final year of the contract, I'm saying to the Packers, hey, I want an agreement that if he retires or holds out next year, you waive your ability to recover the $11.5 million in unearned signing bonus money. I'd want that at a bare minimum because obviously it was a factor. And because it was a factor, on the Packers, I say no. No. What are you going to do? You're going to leave now? See, that's a, that when you show up, give all the leverage to the team. Whatever they didn't get worked out before he walks through the door, the pendulum swings to the Packers. Now, th this may all be something that Aaron Rodgers keeps track of, like Ryan Howard with his list of all the people who wronged him. He had that list anyway. You think Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst are somehow off that list? He's just decided to ignore that page temporarily. I I I'm just stunned by all of it because he had power, he had leverage, and he squandered it. And, and the, here's the bottom line. And this applies in any negotiation that you're ever involved in. Here you go, kids. Here's the free advice from which you're guaranteed to get your money's worth. When you're negotiating a deal, do not take a strong stand unless you are 
fully prepared to follow through on it, unless part of you wants to follow through on it. I had a negotiation like that recently. I'm not going to get into the details. Trying to buy a new car. Didn't like the number they gave me. So I told them, I'm just not interested. It's way too much. It's way, I'm not even giving you a number. I'm not responding. I'm just, I'll go find something else. And along the way, I found a way to mention what I thought my out the door price would be. And five minutes later, they got dangerously close to my out the door price. You gotta be willing to walk. You gotta be willing to hold out. You gotta be willing to make good on your direct, indirect, overt or implicit threats. Otherwise, at the end of the day, they're gonna call your bluff, especially when you're dealing with a corporation. They will call your bluff. Next year, when Aaron Rodgers says, January, February, whenever their season ends, hey, you know, we had that conversation before I showed up at camp about you know, revisiting the situation after the 2021 season. Maybe you'll trade me. Maybe let me get, eh, eh, eh. what? Huh? Sorry. New management. Sorry. New approach, new policy, whatever. Cause they know at the end of the day, if they hold his feet to the fire, he'll show up next year. He's proven by showing up this year that if push comes to shove, he'll show up next year. It's that simple. Don't take the stand unless you're willing to make the stand. It's that simple. And, and look, am I a little irritated by all of this? Yeah, we've, let, we've, we've wasted the last three months wondering what Aaron Rodgers is going to do because deep down, he was never doing anything. Deep down, it was all a show. That's why he never said anything because he can now credibly claim, I never said a word. No, but your people orchestrated this and it was obvious. Shefty's been the, the pawn in all of this. Who reported? First day of the draft, Rodgers wants out. Who reported? Just a couple of weeks ago. He was on Chris Collinsworth podcast, Shefty. He's done with the Packers. He's done with the Packers. He's not coming back. Now there it was. Full circle or a 180. I never know which one's right. I probably should. But uh, he's back. And who gets the scoop? The guy who allowed himself to be used by Aaron Rodgers' camp time and again to get the message out in an effort to get whatever it is, whatever it was. You know, it was funny. I, I remember saying when guys like James Jones and John Kuhn were insisting that the situation is fixable between Rodgers and the Packers. My reaction was, well, if it's fixable, why hasn't it been fixed? And at one point, Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers said, we'll do whatever we have to do to make him happy. Well, if you will, then why isn't he happy? And at the end of the day, all it takes is lopping off the final year of the contract. Are you freaking kidding me? It's weird. It's strange. It's bizarre. And look, as I suggested on Twitter, it could be the end. It could be the beginning. It could be the end of the beginning. It could be the beginning of the end, but this ain't over. It's going to make plenty of sense to pay attention to everything that Rogers says, everything he does, every press availability, midweek, after each game. Will he start trying to avoid the media? How much of this is he going to buy? I can't wait to see how much of this he blames on us. I can't wait because it all comes back to him. Anybody who is smart enough to understand how it works, anybody who pays attention to what's going on will set aside that, yeah, you go tell him, Aaron, and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He does have dirt on his hands here. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. And uh, I, I'm sorry, but my, my job is to sift through the crap and tell you what's really going on. What's going on with Deshaun Watson and the Texans? This is a strange situation. 
Quick recap. Watson shows up for training camp on Sunday, reports to avoid being fined $50,000 a day. Many assume that because the NFL didn't immediately say to Deshaun Watson, you're on paid leave, that the NFL is never going to put him on paid leave for the 22 lawsuits that are pending against him, alleging misconduct during massage therapy sessions. Plus, as we now know, two additional females who have made complaints directly to the police but haven't sued Deshaun Watson. That means 24 accusers now. More on how that came to be in a second. So he shows up. He's not put on paid leave. People in the media assume he's not going to be put on paid leave. Incorrect assumption. Then credible reporters with good reputations pushing the idea yesterday without pushing back that the Texans want three first round picks plus more for Deshaun Watson. Look, I got no problem with people reporting what the Texans want, but at, at what point do you say that's not realistic? Not under the current circumstances. Silence in situations like that gives credibility to the demand and it does the bidding of the Texans and it sets the reporters up for further information from the Texans because the Texans are happy because people are out there spreading their word unquestioned, unrebutted. It's ridiculous. An executive from another team said to me yesterday, why is everybody acting like this is the middle of January? Meaning that if the Texans had decided then, when it was clear that Deshaun Watson wanted out, to engage potential suitors for a trade, yeah, it would have been three first-round picks plus. Once that first lawsuit's filed, hang on a second, what's this all about? Then comes two, then three, then four, then 10, then 15, then 20. It changes everything. And just because he's back and just because he hasn't yet been put on paid leave doesn't mean anything in the bigger picture. We're one news cycle away from the NFL saying, all right, that's it. Too much heat in the kitchen. Deshaun's got to go on paid leave. Remember, this entire thing, personal conduct policy, paid leave, everything about it, it is a PR tool. Let's take a step back and understand how this all came to be. The NFL has decided that it's bad for business to have guys in locker rooms, on teams, who have committed misconduct away from work that reflects poorly on them, on their teams, and on the league. And in 2014, after Ray Rice, Greg Hardy, Adrian Peterson, during those controversies, the league got the bright idea of taking a player against whom allegations have been made, but nothing has been proven, innocent until proven guilty, all presumptions under the Constitution still in force, but we're going to take those guys because we don't want our broadcasts to feature mentions of the fact that the starting quarterback has 22 lawsuits pending against him or graphics that take a look at the story or anything like that. We don't want that to be the focus of the coverage. We don't want that to undermine the shield. So we're going to put these guys on paid leave. And we're going to take the position with a straight face that it's not punishment. They still believe it's not punishment to say to a guy like Deshaun Watson, you're not playing football this year. You get your pay but you're not playing. Look, there are plenty of people out there who would love to get paid to not work, who hate their jobs. I've had jobs like that. And I thank God every day that I currently don't have a job like that. Playing in the NFL is not a job like that. Playing in the NFL is a job you want to show up for. You're trying to build a legacy. You're trying to create a name for yourself. You're trying to set yourself up for future contracts. Not being allowed to play is punishment.
and that's hovering. Yesterday afternoon, I was stunned when I saw the headline on ESPN, lawyer, 10 criminal complaints pending against Deshaun Watson. I assumed the lawyer in question was Tony Busby, the guy who represents 22 of the people who have sued Deshaun Watson. It turns out that the lawyer who said that was Rusty Harden, who's representing Deshaun Watson. It reminded me of the closing argument from And Justice for All with Al Pacino. Look it up, kids. I think Jason Robards is his client, if I recall correctly, and there's a good chance I don't. He turns on him. It wasn't closing argument. It was open statement. He said, my, my client is so bleeping guilty. I mean, now, Rusty Harden didn't come out and say Deshaun Watson's guilty, but he's the one who comes out and says there's 10 criminal complaints. Harden would say that they don't believe that any of the individuals involved are telling the truth. He's already said that. Why would Harden do that? Does Watson want to be placed on paid leave? You get $10 million to not play. You don't want to play for the Texans and they're not trading you. I, I think at a deeper level, this is Harden trying to get the Texans to not think they're going to get three first round picks plus if they trade him now. Because whoever takes him, takes him with this baggage. 22 lawsuits, two additional females making a criminal complaint. The possibility of paid leave at any time. And as I said, we're one new cycle away from the commissioner saying, we got to get this guy out of here. One on-camera interview that is particularly persuasive. One new set of allegations. One new fact that we previously didn't know about. It's all it takes. And they have the flexibility to do it whenever they want, however they want, wherever they want. If a team trades for Deshaun Watson, they're assuming that risk that it happens. They're assuming the responsibility of paying him $10 million this year and $35 million next year. If the league decides this guy's not playing until this matter is completely and totally concluded. All lawsuits have to be done. You got 22 lawsuits. Now, they're set for trial next summer. Cases get continued and delayed all the time. It could take two more seasons. So my point is, Texans got no business demanding three first-round picks plus at this point. Now, they could just say, fine, we'll, we'll wait it out. We'll wait and hold Deshaun Watson on our team until these cases are resolved, but they, they've moved on. They drafted a guy in round three, Davis Mills, right? The Stanford quarterback. They signed Tyrod Taylor. They've got a bunch of other quarterbacks ready to go. They've moved on from Deshaun Watson. He doesn't want to be there. They understand, despite the bluster that is always going to be part of this, you really don't want a quarterback that doesn't want to be there unless you're the Packers. The Texans have decided that, yes, Deshaun Watson really means that they didn't want to be here, and we're going to try to facilitate this trade, but who's giving them what they want? See, that's the fundamental question. Are they going to sit with their you know, arms crossed and, and, and wait until they get what they want, like Bernie Mac and Bad Santa? Are they going to do that? Or are they just going to take the best offer they get? Hope that you can get Broncos, Eagles, Dolphins, some combination of the three to bid against each other. Best offer on the table. We'll take it. We got to move on from this and let that new team take on the risk of whatever comes next. And I think the Eagles are the team to watch here. Remember, number one, they signed Mike Vick after he spent time in prison for dogfighting and gambling. They took the PR hit. It ended up not being a huge PR hit, not as big as I thought it was going to be. There will be a PR hit if they acquire Deshaun Watson. How big will it be? 
The question becomes, how little do we have to give up to get him? See, it's all a sliding scale. I talked about this yesterday with Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to trade for him, you got to give him what he wants financially. You got to give the team what it wants by way of trade. With Watson, you've got three things here. Now, you're inheriting his contract. He's probably not going to have the, the nerve to ask for more. He'll just take what he already got under the contract that he signed last year. You've got what you have to give the Texans to get him. You've got this uncertainty as it relates to when and if he may be put on paid leave or suspended without pay. And then you've got the PR fallout. You got to balance all that. But if you're the Eagles and you give up a 2022 first round pick, plus maybe a little bit more, it's easy to justify. We go with Jalen Hurts this year if Deshaun Watson is put on paid leave. We will make do in 2022 if there's an eight game unpaid suspension. But once this is all done, and I think it's safe to say that by the time we get through the 2022 season, I think it's safe to say this will be over, all debts will be paid, all suspensions will be served, the right thing will have been done for all people involved. I think by the time we get through the next two seasons, we'll be there. What do you got? If you're the Eagles, you got a guy who's still on the front end of his prime, who's going to play quarterback with you for 10 more years. You got what you've been looking for ever since Donovan McNabb was traded to Washington on Easter Sunday, 2010. That's what you got. You know, they thought they had it in Nick Foles at one point after that seven touchdown, zero interception game against the Raiders. I remember Chip Kelly, the coach at the time, was pressed on whether or not Nick Foles is the franchise quarterback. And Kelly said, Nick Foles is our quarterback for the next thousand years. Does that answer your question? And that happened just a couple of weeks after Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the team, said our number one priority right now is finding what? A franchise quarterback. And then they thought they had it in Carson Wentz, went all in, traded up to number two, looked like a great investment, 2017, MVP finalist, likely would have won it, tears his ACL in December against the Rams, and that's that. Then they win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Then they got to decide what to do. And now Foles is gone and Wentz is gone and Hertz is there. And they know deep down Hertz isn't going to be a top five franchise guy. Every team out there is looking for one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. And newsflash, only five teams will fit that category. And I guess there's a chance it would be four with one team lucky enough to have two. But the Eagles want a top flight guy. They can get that. And Deshaun Watson. The question is, how much do you give up knowing that the next two years will be played under a cloud? And how much do the Texans realize that they need to reduce their demands in order to make this happen? Now, here's the problem. The Texans have shown in recent months a level of dysfunction that we rarely see from an NFL team. So it's hard to predict what a dysfunctional organization is going to do. If the Texans were smart, they'd take the best offer and move on. Are they smart? How involved is Jack East to be in all this? Does he get it? Does he truly understand the nuances here? Or does he think it's enough to just say, we want three first round picks? And that's that. So this one's going to be fascinating to watch. And at the core, as I've said from day one, Deshaun Watson needs to find a way to make it right with all these accusers. Because based upon the admissions that have been made by Rusty Harden, based upon the sheer volume of accusations, there are people who are genuinely offended by how he behaved. And he needs to find a way to make that right. He needs to have his reckoning. The, the problem is that reckoning hasn't happened and we don't know when it's going to happen and we don't know how it's going to affect his availability to play in games. That's the key. That's the problem. 
And that's the thing that should make the Texans drop their demand and should cause others in the media to not just parrot those demands, but point out, hey, you know what? I think the Texans are being unreasonable if they think they're going to get three first-round picks plus for Deshaun Watson, given what's currently happening. All right, let's do this. Let's answer a few questions. I got some other things I wanted to talk about today, but we can push them until tomorrow. By the way, there is a chance. There is a chance. I'm not committing to anything yet, but there is a chance that tomorrow I'll be joined by on-air tag team partner Christopher David Sims for the hiatus edition of PFT Live. So uh, tell your friends, alert the media. It could be Sims and me tomorrow if we can work that out. All right. A red zone out because Aaron Rodgers set things up with a view to retire next year. He's not retiring. He's still playing. The question is, does he finagle his way out of Green Bay to another team next year or the year after? He will finish his career, I believe, with another team. The question is whether it's next year or 23 and who it will be. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's see what else we have here. Brandon Elkins, is there any way the Packers and Aaron Rodgers can reconcile this season and he'd actually sign an extension? What would have to happen? Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, it could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'd have to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. And the Packers would have to see enough from Jordan Love during practice in the preseason. And maybe if he plays in a regular season game to conclude he's not the guy. And they'll trade Jordan Love and they'll just go all in with Aaron Rodgers for as long as he wants to be there. And they'll worry about finding the next franchise quarterback after he goes. See, they were trying to set up another, sorry, they were trying to set up another handoff from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. Not that we know that Jordan Love's even going to be a competent starter in the NFL, but that didn't fly with Aaron Rodgers and that's created a problem. And I think the only way that this relationship survives in a happy manner 
for both sides is, and, and goes beyond 2022, is if they, number one, get to the Super Bowl and win it this year or win it this year, get to the Super Bowl or win it, and number two, trade Jordan Love. That's when I think this can happen. Uh, James from Westchester, use your crystal ball and tell us in a year, what will the landscape look like for Aaron Rodgers if he becomes a free agent? I don't think he becomes a free agent next year. I think at most, the Packers trade him. Then the question becomes how many teams come to the table for the Aaron Rodgers contract auction. And I've said all along, the Packers are going to get more for Aaron Rodgers next year than they would get for him this year. And think about it. What draft picks are you going to get if you trade him right now? You get in 2022. Well, what draft picks are you going to get if you trade him after the season? You get in 2022. After the season, you're going to have seven, eight, nine teams. You know, the same teams that realize they got to fire their coaches are going to be thinking our quarterbacks probably aren't the answer. You're going to have more teams at the table. Right now, at most, you got the Broncos. Even if, the, if, if assuming the Broncos are even willing to do it for what the Packers would want and what Rodgers would want. We talked about that yesterday. Next year, I don't know, Steelers. If Ben Roethlisberger's done, there's another team. Boom. What if Carson Wentz doesn't get it done with the Colts? What if the Raiders decide Derek Carr has regressed? What if, what if, what if, what if Matthew Stafford isn't the answer for the Rams? We assume he's going to be. What if he isn't? There's all sorts of things that can happen. What if the Seahawks decide to move on from Russell Wilson, give him what he wants? Now, I don't know that you, <laughs> that, that your best strategy is to replace one happy, unhappy quarterback with another, but th there will be a lot of teams. However it shakes out, the zero-sum game that is an NFL season will be starting soon enough. 272 games, winners and losers, good teams and bad teams. The bad teams will be looking for ways to improve, and they will be ready to at least explore the possibility of getting Aaron Rodgers. Manny wants to know, what's the over-under on players being cut due to breaking COVID protocols? I don't know that players are going to be cut for breaking pro COVID protocols. They're going to be cut for not being vaccinated. The guys at the bottom of the roster are in real danger. The real question is, how high up the pecking order will teams go when the time comes to say, we want to get rid of as many unvaccinated players as we can? That's the question. Will teams cut starters? Will teams dump players who will quickly find work elsewhere? Is Cole Beasley in danger in Buffalo? That's the real question for me. Dynasty mad with Aaron Rodgers back in the fold. This benefits the Texans in terms of maybe getting more bidders today. Well, you may have more bidders, but you've still got the issues I've already discussed. You're not going to get three first round picks plus, but maybe the Broncos now come to the table with the Eagles. All it takes is two teams. That's it. But not having Rodgers in play now, how many teams were really in play for Rodgers now? It actually could hurt the Texans because if you're thinking about making a play for Watson now, you can also say, you know what? It looks like Rodgers is going to be free in March. Let's just get through the season with who we have and we'll make a play for Aaron Rodgers then. All right, I think that's it. That's it. Two topics, longer than I thought they would be, but a lot to discuss within each of them. Hopefully we'll have Chris Sims tomorrow. For PFT Live. I'm sure there will be plenty of developments. We'll be tracking them all day at profootballtalk.com. Thanks as always for some of your time. We'll see you again on Wednesday. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. 
So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.